Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus. I hope you're excited about getting into God's Word today, because if you get into God's Word, God's Word is going to get into you. And if it gets into us, the Bible said it will bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And if I've got the the possibility of uh, 30, 60, or 100, I want to go for 100. Praise God. Amen. I want my heart to be so sensitive and so open to receive God's truth that it can bring forth the full measure of its potential in my life. I don't want to, at this stage of my life, just be a casual, uh, especially not a carnal Christian. I want to be a committed Christian, and that involves being committed to God's truth today. We're going to be talking about that in just a few moments on the subject of No Jesus no hope. N-O, no Jesus. N-O, no hope. Saw it on a church sign. You've probably seen it before somewhere. N-O, Jesus. N-O, hope. But K-N-O, Jesus. K-N-O-W, hope. Amen. K-N-O-W, Jesus. K-N-O-W, hope. To know Him is to have hope if you know Him as your Lord and your personal Savior today. We're going to take our our text from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Now, I want to stop a moment and thank you for being part of our listening audience. It's such a joy to have people that are return uh, listeners to this broadcast as it's a a webcast now. Uh, We still want to reach the world for Jesus, and we're glad that in your part of the world, you are allowing us to be part of your devotional life or part of your uh, part of your seeking. If you're seeking God's truth, that you will hear the teaching from the scriptures. You'll read it for yourself. Uh, open your Bible and then consider what is being said and see if God doesn't speak to your heart by His Spirit through His Word. Amen. Having said that, we're going to be talking about no Jesus, no hope. Ephesians 2, 11 and 12. Listen to it carefully today. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Listen to this very carefully. Having no hope and without God in the world. This is the worst possible condition that a man, woman, boy, or girl could be. Living in a faulty body, in a fallen world, without God and without hope. And then we're talking about what happens not only in this world uh, as we live out our limited time here, but what happens after this life is over. In in effect, where are we going to spend eternity? Do we have the certain hope of the resurrection? Because we have the, the certain truth of reconciliation. 
through coming to Jesus as our Savior, repenting of our sin, having the full assurance of God's forgiveness and His acceptance. Amen. This is the supreme issues of the gospel and the supreme issues of our life. To those who hear this message who are Christians, there will be a deeper commitment to Jesus Christ and a greater appreciation of what it truly means to be saved and a greater compassion for those who do not know Him. To those who listen to this teaching who are without Christ, there should be a deep sense of conviction and it should result in a decision to receive His offer of love and forgiveness today. So if you're not a Christian, please stay tuned uh, to this teaching, and I pray it will be a blessing to you. Be our special guest today. We're talking about those Gentiles here at the Church of Ephesus who in times past, B.C., before Christ, before Jesus became their Savior, they were called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision. In other words, the Jewish people looked at them as uncircumcised, and they were not part of the privileged covenant people. Uh, But now uh, that Jew and Gentile have been brought into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ, we become one. (laughs) The Bible said there's, there's, there's neither bond nor free. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. We have become one in Jesus Christ. We're no longer strangers from the commonwealth of Israel. We're no longer strangers from the covenant covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. I like the Amplified. It says, remember that you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded from all part in Him, utterly estranged and outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation, and strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the messianic promise, with no knowledge of or right in God's agreements, His covenants. And you had no hope, no promise. We're in the world without God. One paraphrase says you were lost without God and without hope. And Philip's Old ancient translation said you had nothing to look forward to and no God to whom you could turn. Devoid of hope and without God, Moffat's translation says. Friend, that is the worst possible circumstance to be in. Because to be without Jesus Christ is to be without salvation itself. Listen to Acts 4 and verse 12. It said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. I want to read that again. This this verse of Scripture doesn't seem to fit the, the climate and culture of the modern church, the emerging church. Listen, the world says there are no absolutes. The kingdom of God declares and the word of God declares there is an absolute truth. 
And the absolute truth is that Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. There is one God, the scriptures declare, and one mediator between God and man. The scriptures clearly declare that there's no salvation without Jesus Christ, therefore. The liberal religious philosophy of one God with many roads that lead to him is a lie propagated by the devil himself and spread by false teachers. Because Jesus, my friend, is not a way to God. He is the way to God. Listen, I want to say that again. Jesus is not a way, as if there are other ways and He's one of the ways or the main way. No, Jesus is the way to God, exclusively. The Amplified said, And there is salvation in and through no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by and in which we must be saved. So therefore the issue, friend, is not Christ or Krishna, Jesus or Buddha, Christianity or the New Age. The claims of Christ are explicit. He is the only way to God. John fourteen six, Jesus speaking. He said unto him, I am the way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Someone has said Jesus Christ is God's everything for man's total need. When someone comes out with a new product, that is in great demand and fulfills its claims, someone else will produce a similar product that is not the same. The original producer will will end each advertisement then with these words, except no substitutes. When the issue is eternity, dear friend, heaven or hell, saved or lost, except no substitutes. Someone said I wouldn't be caught dead without Jesus. Friend, this is such an important message in a day of such deception. Satan would much rather you have a counterfeit, some kind of panacea for your, for your conviction that's surely going to come, where you're going to spend eternity. Give them something, but don't give them that that only can save. Don't give them Jesus. That was the issue in the book of Acts. They didn't say quit practicing religion, quit talking about God in generic terms. There was one clear message of opposition to the gospel to those disciples who had seen the miracle of the lame man walk, and they brought them before the councils, and this is what they told them. Go and preach and teach no more in that name. See, the scripture has declared there's no other name given under heaven unto men by which we must be saved. Why is that? It's because of what the scripture continues to say about Jesus and, and what God has said about his son. The Bible said that, that Jesus uh, humbled himself and took on himself the form of a servant and became obedient even unto the death 
of the cross. Therefore God hath highly exalted him, given him a name that's above every name that's named of things in heaven, earth, and beneath the earth, that at the sound of his name every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, God has sent his Son not just to lay in a manger, in a cradle, and evoke sentimental feelings, but he sent him into that cradle to take on flesh so that he could go and hang on that cross and pay the sin debt for you and for me and all those that would repent of their sin and receive him as their Savior. So to be without Christ is to be without God. To be without God is to be without hope in this present world. And therefore, it is so important today that we get a hold of this truth and we hang on to it because the devil would rather give you a false sense of security uh, to keep you from seeking any further and discovering the real source of security. And that's knowing where you're going when you leave this world because you have received God's provision for that time in your life. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, the Bible said you're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. There was a prominent pastor some years ago on the the uh, a talk show, and he was being quizzed by Larry King. And Larry King was asking him about all the religious systems and how Christianity differentiated, and 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 said, "Are are are are? Don't you think that it is that is that Jesus was arrogant when he said that he was the only way to God?" And without skipping a beat. This pastor said, not if it is true. You see, in this day, man wants uh, no absolutes, no truth that can't be, uh, that, that can't be uh, uh, scrutinized and, and changed if we decide we don't like what it says. A friend of mine, the devil doesn't like this truth because he knows it's going to bring his defeat and bring salvation to every one who believes. Amen. If we're going to plunder hell and populate heaven, it's going to be this message of Jesus and Him crucified. And the result of that crucifixion is the offer of salvation. Oh, friend of mine, what a good news gospel this is. That's what it means. And what good news it is if you don't know Christ and you don't have this hope that you can come to Him and have this certain hope of the resurrection and the certain peace and assurance of the reconciliation that allows for that. Because God will forgive every sin that you've ever committed if you receive His Son as your Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. And then He will set you free 
from whatever chains that binds you. Amen. You'll come out of Satan's prison house. In fact, the scripture says you will be translated. We have been, as Christians, as believers, translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So without Jesus Christ, we're not only without true salvation, without Jesus Christ, we're without freedom. According to John 8 and verse 36, it says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You see, until the sin question is settled through Jesus Christ, man will always be held in bondage. According to John eight thirty and 31, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Amen. And so Jesus said unto those Jews who believed on him, if you abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, you will know the truth experientially, not just intellectually, but you will come to find this spiritual reality in Jesus Christ. Amen. And they answered and said unto him in the Amplified, We are Abraham's offspring, descendants, and have never been in bondage to anybody. What do you mean by saying you will be set free. And Jesus answered them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, whoever commits and practices sin is the slave of sin. Now a slave does not remain in a household permanently forever. The son of the house does remain forever. So if the son liberates you, makes you free, men and women, then you are really an un questionably free. Hallelujah. I like that. Listen, friend of mine, it doesn't matter what sins you have committed and what chains of habit hold you in bondage. When you encounter Jesus by repenting of your sin and receive him as your savior, you know, the Bible said in John's gospel, chapter one, as many as received him to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. That word power there is not the dunamis. It will allow for the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you and within you and to aid and abet you in your freedom and walking in this newness of life and this glorious liberty of the sons of God. Amen. He will come. But what this word power means initially is is this. It's, it's actually a legal terminology. It means you have the right, biblically and spiritually, to legally be adopted into God's family and become the very children of God, the sons and daughters of God. You know, the scripture said we look through a glass darkly, but right now we don't know what we we shall be. But right here, right now, we are the sons of 
God. Hallelujah. Amen. And if sons of God, Paul said, then we're heirs of God. And if heirs of God, then we have become joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. In terms of relationship to God, in terms of all that is prepared uh, in heaven, we have become joint heirs with Jesus. And this was Paul's answer to sin's binding power. Listen to it. Romans 8 and verse 2. It said, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I want to put this in context. I'm talking about true freedom today. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it said, Now therefore there is no condemnation to them that are in Jesus Christ, who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh, no longer governed by the flesh, dominated by the weaknesses of our own flesh. Listen, we are now set free to serve God, empowered by the Holy Spirit to crucify the flesh, take up our cross, and follow Him. God won't make us into robots to do this, but if we will to do it, He will empower us to do it. And that law of sin and death, that vicious circle of sin and death, is broken when we come to Jesus as our Savior. Hallelujah. For the next verse says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I do like the paraphrase. It said, For the power of the life-giving Spirit, and this power is mine through Jesus, has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. Hallelujah. Once bondage by and to sin has been broken through Christ, every other binding force can be broken. Every habit, everything that holds us back from coming to Christ and following Christ can be broken. Christ anointing was a liberating anointing. And Jesus declared His anointing to deliver from bondage when He began His public ministry. You know, He couldn't go in the temple. He was in the temple at 12, but He wasn't reading from the Scripture. It was disallowed. You couldn't do that till you were 30 years of age. But Jesus was in the temple at 12, and they wondered at his wisdom and his knowledge when they quizzed him, and he quizzed them, and they, he was answering questions to, the, to, the, to all of the highest religious thinkers and leaders of his day. And, but he went home and was subject to his parents until he began his public ministry at 30 and at 30 years of age, he walked into the temple and he was ready to read from the Holy Scriptures. And this is where the narrative picks up in Luke 4 and verse 17. Listen to it carefully. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet. It says Esaias in the King James. It is translated Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me 
to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Didn't I say this was a liberating anointing? The anointing always breaks the yoke. When we, uh, when we allow its purpose to be realized in our life. And the recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now I want to back up to the recovering of sight to the blind. How does that relate to our spiritual freedom, our liberation? It's because it's not just physical blindness that is being addressed here. It is a higher thing. It is more important and vital. You know, the scripture said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of men that they would not see the glory of the gospel and be saved. And friend of mine, Jesus came with an anointing to open the eyes of the spiritually blinded. That is the anointing that came upon the Apostle Paul as he went on his evangelistic journeys to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. This is a liberating anointing. Praise God for it today. The, the Bible spoke of us when we get saved after you were illuminated in Hebrews 10. After those spiritual eyes came open, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Why? Because now that you can see, you can share a testimony of what you know about Christ and about salvation and how to be saved and who the Savior is with someone else. You know, if the blind lead the blind, the scripture said they all end up in the ditch. Ah, but if someone who can see begin to lead the blind uh, to Jesus Christ, hallelujah, and the anointing that's on Jesus and the anointing that is on us and the anointing that is in us through the Holy Spirit can help them to see what they could never see before. Oh, friend of mine, that's why I know if there's someone that's blinded right now, spiritually listening to this broadcast, there's a liberating force at work to open your eyes so you can see something that no one could show you but the Holy Spirit. But I believe He can show you your lost condition, but at the same time show you the Savior that's reaching out. If you will repent of your sin and trust Him as your Savior, He will save you and deliver you, break every chain and set you free. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, you reference this verse of scripture, it will take you back to the old covenant, to the year of Jubilee, when those those bond slaves that had, were set free from their debt, and they were given a gift to go and start their life, owing no man nothing, and to be free to it represented freedom. It was actually emancipation from bondage, according to the Amplified. Abraham Lincoln issued a document on January 1st, 1863, called the Emancipation Proclamation. I'm going to read part of it and some more of it later on. Listen. And he said, All persons held as slaves within any state 
or designated part of a state shall be therein thenceforth and forever free. (laughs) Hallelujah. And Jesus began his ministry with an emancipation proclamation, declaring that men and women, boys and girls, can be free from captivity and sin's condemnation and consequences. I want to say that again. Men and women can be free from sin's captive, Satan's captivity, sin's condemnation, and consequences. Abraham Lincoln's words were not without power. They were spoken by one with great authority. He went on to say, "...in the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authority thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons." And I want to declare today, the Holy Spirit is God's military branch of government. The anointing breaks the yoke. Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is the great emancipator. And God, who has such awesome authority, amen, when He declares you free and sends the Holy Spirit to help you to live free of bondage, praise God, you are, as Jesus put it, free indeed. The gospel is the emancipation proclamation. You can be free today. No matter what your hang-ups, no matter what your habits, no matter how the devil has hurt you and bound you and blinded you, your eyes can see today. You can walk out of that prison house this very day because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The gospel has lost None of its power. Jesus has lost none of his power. God has lost none of his power. And today, right now, this holy moment, as we conclude this teaching, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can come to him. Right where you are. As the song says, just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me O Lamb of God I come and I'm praying today that if you don't know Christ as your Savior I'm not asking if you've ever been to church or you're in church or a member of a church I'm not asking if you've been sprinkled or baptized in water I'm asking Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sin and seeking Him to be forgiven by the Father? Come to Him today. Don't run from Him any longer. I believe you see this. I believe God is opening your blinded eyes And I don't believe there's a prison in hell that can hold you. If you want to walk out and come to Jesus, the bars will melt. (laughs) They will not be able to stop you. And you can go free today and live free today. 
and look for the soon coming of Jesus. And if you're a Christian today, oh friend, you have been set free. So live in that freedom. Don't be entangled in a yoke of bondage of any kind any further. Live in the glorious liberty of the sons of God and shout victory every day of your life and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.